I want to talk to you about creating your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal. This is something that you set that's on the limits of what you think is possible that you can systematically pursue. There is nothing more rewarding than accomplishing a goal that others think aren't possible. The BHAG comes from the concept in Jim Collins' book, Built to Last, Successful Habits of Visionary Companies. According to Collins, a BHAG is a long-term goal that challenges the very nature of what's possible. Like a moon mission, a real BHAG is clear and compelling and serves you as a unifying focal point of effort, often creating immense pride. It has a distinct finish line, so you know when the goal is reached. BHAGs are bigger, bolder, and more powerful than regular long or short-term goals. Time to run. the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition. You have happened across the only podcast completely dedicated to learning and mastering the Jeff Galloway run-walk-run training method right from Jeff himself. Jeff's run-walk-run training method has been developed and evolved over many years using feedback from nearly half a million of your fellow runners. This podcast will run-walk-run you gently through Jeff's training methods to get you to the finish line of your next event or simply help you run to your 100. So lace up those running shoes and let's get moving. Hello, and welcome to the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition, episode 9.4. How's everyone doing? This is Kevin. I'm out for a nice walk on a gorgeous fall. Is it fall yet? If it's not fall, I can see it from here. It's a gorgeous morning, not a cloud in the sky, and the temperatures are those sort of temperatures that will improve your running when there's no other reason why your running should be so good. Know what I mean? Anyway, just a little bit of my training. Well, um, I need to back up a little bit to give you a sense of my training. Let's go back about six or seven weeks ago when I found myself having to finish, not having to, I find myself uh, desiring very badly to finish a half marathon in under three hours. And at the time, let me fill you in, I was running pretty much at a 14 minute pace. Just, I say slogging along, but uh, what I mean by that is I got no goal in mind. I just went out, you know, it was rather hot out. I just went out for my three, four, five mile run and um, my, uh, my long run at the time was six miles, right? So I won't go into the excruciating details, but just almost immediately and overnight, I found myself in a position of having to figure out how to run a sub three hour 
half marathon, that's, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of, um, I don't know, low 13s, 1310s, 1315s, I don't remember anymore. Um, when I was nowhere near um, that. And I needed to do it in a rather quick time frame. So panic set in, right? And why? That's because a sub three hour marathon for me was a stretch goal. You know, it was my BHAG. Y'all know what a BHAG is? A big, hairy, audacious goal? Well, if you don't know what a BHAG is, and if you've never heard that term, stick around because I think you're going to have a really, really good idea by the end of this episode. Because on this episode, I'd like to center the discussion around BHAGs. Just what are they? Are they good or are they bad? And are there good BHAGs and bad BHAGs? And if so, how do we make darn sure that we pick a good one, right? And then, maybe even more importantly, once we have defined what our BHAG is, what then? You know, my BHAG is completely different than your BHAG. That's the thing I like about BHAG so much is that it's our own BHAG, right? But first, some housekeeping. I have good news and bad news, so I'll start with the good news. Jeff Galloway's health continues to improve. It has improved to the point that he's actually, once again, doing a decent amount of traveling. This is very good news, especially for all of us who care about Jeff and his health and also his business. It's also great news for anyone who wants to meet up with Jeff in person. Just say hi, to get his autograph, or maybe to ask a run, walk, run question of the guy whose name is on the method. For example, Jeff will be at the Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend, the weekend of November the 3rd through the 6th. That's only about a month away. He will be at the expo the entire time all the way from beginning on Thursday, November the 3rd, and finishing on Saturday, November the 5th. He'll also be out on the course as you run by. So you'll have ample opportunity to shake hands with Jeff Galloway and chat it up with him. In addition, he's also bringing back slowly but surely his retreats. The next one will be in Carmel, California, uh, the weekend of November the 10th through the 13th. These these retreats, as we've we've spoken about in the past, are very, it's a very small group setting, and your chance to go one-on-one with Jeff for an extended weekend and and, uh, just pick his brain on all the individualized stuff that you might want to know. Um, I will put all of that information in the show notes as well. So so head over to the webpage at www.thegallowayextramile.com and uh, you'll see the link to all of Jeff's retreats. Good news, huh? I told you. But unfortunately, there is a little bit of bad news and it's only a tiny, tiny bit of bad news. 
So you remember the whole Jeff is traveling part? Well, Jeff just happens to be out of pocket right now and he will not be on this episode. But to be clear, this is on me, not Jeff. Bad podcaster Kevin just waited a tad too late. And uh, I promise to get a hold of him for the next episode. And we will not, I will not wait so long for that to be published, okay? So, here is what we do have on store for this episode. And that brings us back to my BHAG. When I found myself behind the eight ball, I grabbed my phone and I called the one person who I knew would answer and help me immediately. I called Coach Chris Twiggs and I gave Chris the Reader's Digest version of this BHAG and he gave me his Reader's Digest version of a plan. And then off I went. So in this episode, we will catch up with Coach Chris Twiggs and get his thoughts on BHAGs. Does he have any of them? Do his clients at customized training programs have any of them? And what's he think about them? Does he like them? And if he does like them, how should we all choose a BHAG? And then once we've chosen one, how do we make sure that we are successful at them? And something very interesting happened to me while I was following Chris's plan for my BHAG. I came up with so many questions. These were not questions that I thought about from reading about BHAGs or brainstorming about what Chris and I could talk about for this episode. I came up with so many questions as I was following his plan. I had so many why or what if questions while I was out on my long runs that he told me to do. And I had so many what the heck questions while I was doing my speed play and my race rehearsal runs that Chris prescribed. And if I had all these legitimate questions, I'm rather certain that you all may as well. So I tracked down Chris and I asked him. And finally, what better way to get to the bottom of BHAGs than to chat with a friend who has one coming up very soon. So I also was able to track down Extra Miler and good friend Nate for a fascinating conversation with someone who picked his own BHAG, put together a detailed plan, and is about to see whether or not that paid off. So that's what we have planned for this episode. As always, I have a few things to say at the end. Something I want to run by you. So stick around. And let's get to the good stuff. We'll chat again at the end, and you all enjoy your extra mile. All right, one of my favorite parts of the show, let's get over to the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway Edition Hotline and catch up with Coach Chris Twiggs. Chris, I seem, I, I feel like you and I have seen a lot of each other lately. Is this just me dreaming or what's going on? I'm loving it. I'm it's absolutely fun. loving it. We saw each other up in uh, Pennsylvania at Bird in Hand. What an mm-hmm. amazing 
gathering that was. We saw each other up at the Air Force Marathon, which was uh, just a fantastic time. And uh, and so now here we are back at home on the Zoom. Back at home on Zoom. That's right. Well, I had a great time. Let's break those down a little bit. Um, t- tell me how you, what kind of fun you had at Bird at Hand. What'd you think of that one? Oh, this is your second time, right? It's my second time. Mine too. And it was absolutely fantastic. We had, I think, I didn't, I don't know if we got a count, but I feel like we had more people there this year than we I think did. so too. A little bit. Um, there was a little bit of different, uh, few, few new faces from last year. A few people that didn't make it this year that I know were experiencing some, some FOMO. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, a bit of a blend because we had some of our friends from the rise and run podcast that were there as well. And, um, and that was really cool to have some of those folks there. And, uh, I, I had an absolute wonderful time. Um, I got to run with, uh, with Nate and Alan and Dave and, um, just enjoyed the heck out of it. A really enjoyable course. It's, it's a fantastic course. You get to see a camel in the last exactly. mile. I mean, I do not know. They're, I'm sure they're <laughs> out there, but there's no other race. I've done a lot of races. I've never gotten to see a camel in the last mile of a race other than at Bird in Hand. Same here. Same here. What a once in a lifetime. The The food was great. The people were great. The course is, the course is great. It's just. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh, we had a really good time. You know, last year we kind of did our own thing. Mm-hmm pre-race, which was great, but it was a whole lot of work. Um, you know, I got to see how much work it was putting that together this time. We let the race do the work for us. And we just gathered there at the pasta dinner. And that was a lot of fun. Got to see the people go off for the 5k, which was terrific. And and the nice thing is the people that were in our group doing the 5k didn't have to leave our gathering to do the race. We were there when they left, we were there when they came back. So that was fantastic. Um, and then, uh, the dinner, I know we had more people cause we had far more people at the dinner afterwards than we did last year. And that was a fun little restaurant that yeah. uh, they found that I guess that, uh, JD or Nate, one of them picked out for us. Uh, that was a, that was a cute, I guess, Robin hood themed. Mm-hmm. We were up in the treehouse. Yeah. So that yeah. was, um, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that as well. So. What about Air Force? How'd that go? You and I had lunch on the Friday before with mom and dad. Always yeah. have a good time catching up with them. But how did the race itself go? I think it went really well. Um, the I, I just actually, yesterday, as we were recording this, yesterday I had a conversation with the race director and sort of asked her opinion of how it went. This was her first year uh, as race director. She'd been assistant race director for a few years, but it was her first year as race director and she felt really good about it. And I think she needed to feel good about it. It went smoothly. Um, it got hot. It, there's just no getting around. It's, I think it's just always going to be hot that weekend. Mm-hmm. And so what we find as the Galloway Pacers is we really are, <laughs> people are really glad we're there during a hot race because the walk breaks allow people to relax and uh, to recover and keep their heart rate down during the run. Uh, we're there to pick up the pieces. If people have not, the race has not gone according to their plan. And, um, and sometimes that's the case on these hotter races and, but the course is great. 
Um, there's not a ton of shade, mm-hmm. but but the course is really great. The people are so friendly. Uh, you go into that cute little town of Fairborn, and uh, they're just it's always the place I you know, this happens the end of September when that race is. And so I have to assume that the houses are decorated for Halloween. The only other way to <laughs> see it is that it's just a creepy little town. But if, <laughs> but if it's a creepy little town, it's the best time to go through a creepy little town. Right. Uh, but it's, yeah, just a, just a fantastic place. And the, they do a really good job. The, the, the finish line announcer does a really good job of cheering people in that are coming in. They had, I was there until the very end and they celebrated the last runner coming across, which is, I love to see a race do that as opposed to some races where the last runner comes across and they've already started taking down the finish line and there's right. not food left for them and that sort of thing. They had a ton of people there celebrating that runner. It was, it really was great. And uh, so, no, we, we felt terrific about it. Uh, we had program directors. Let's see if I can remember. I took a picture of them, but let's see if I can remember. We had the program director. Obviously, uh, we had Nate there, this program director in um, in Dayton. We also had Tony, who's um, the assistant program director in Cincinnati. He came over. But we had Mark, who's a Galloway program director mm-hmm. in Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. We had uh, Dennis, who's a program director in Jacksonville, Florida. And we had Sherry who's a program director out in um, Ventura, California. So we had at least, we had five different program directors that were there. Um, Plus we had people that train in Galloway programs in different places, all there as pacers, which was just fantastic. We had um, uh, retired program director, Dave, Dave used to be there. And I'm surprised you haven't talked him into starting one out there. Well, because where he moved to um, uh, where he moved. The Ozarks. the Ozarks, yeah. there's already a program there. Oh, I got so you. So he moved. So he's actually been running with our Springfield, Missouri program. Good for him. Um, so, yeah. And he came back. That was a homecoming for him. It was a homecoming for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in more ways than one, because he's retired Air Force. And um, and so he, you know, he was stationed there. I think that's the last, his last duty station was there at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And so that really was a homecoming for him. And so he's continued to do a lot of work with Galloway as a Galloway ambassador, um, you know, just trying to encourage people to go to the local programs, trying to encourage people to sign up for Jeff's race or Club Jeff or mm-hmm. customized right. or whatever. So um, he's a big, big, big fan. And um, yeah, so he ran as a pacer as well. Um, it we had a good time. Okay. Yeah. Really good. Well, good. Um, we will talk about future plans toward the end of the show. I want to get into um, a couple of topics here with you. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're familiar with the acronym BHAG? Yes, I am absolutely familiar with that. Uh, I think it was popularized by J.R. Tolkien. The BHAGs were <laughs> at lived. Am I am I wrong about this? Am I getting that wrong? You're close, but. You're wrong about that. Oh, oh, I, uh, no, Macbeth, this, right? The BHAG it. was who Macbeth went to, uh, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, that's right? It. And that's predicted it. that Macbeth would would become king. That was the BHAG? Yeah, right? that's it. But I'm going to start a new one for you today. Let me help you out, can I? <laughs> tell, us, tell us about the BHAG a big, there. A big, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Oh, that one. That one. That one. You ever had any of those? 
Tell, oh, me, I would tell, say me, so. tell me what you think they are. Cause I think it's, it depends on who, who you are. Everybody can have their own little BHAG. Don't you think? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of, um, of a goal being something that scares you a little bit. Um, I'm a big fan of a goal being something that's, you know, you, you're familiar with the term scared straight. Yeah. Right. And I, in a, in a way to me, a BHAG is, is a scared straight st- sort of goal. You can't just show up on race. If it's a race goal, you can't just show up on race day and make it happen any old time. Right. It you, you're scared straight. You are, you are so, um, simultaneously inspired by and intimidated by the goal that you will do the work day by day to get yourself prepared to tackle that goal. And that's, I love that type of goal because, um, I had a, I have a, somebody in customize, uh, Jennifer, she's so cool. And, um, she was, she had a goal of doing a hundred miler and she had some, some hiccups along the way of training. And her husband was saying, you know, maybe why don't you just do the 50 miler? You've done the 50 miler before you can know that you you know, you can do the 50 miler. And she said, no, I'm not going to do the 50 miler because I know I can do the 50 miler. Mm -hmm. She was going for that big, hairy, audacious goal because she didn't know it wasn't in the, it wasn't already in her pocket. It wasn't something she could just do automatically because she's done it before. And so those goals to me, those goals can be a goal for distance. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, uh, I had a serious, I had years where that were framed by, um, training for a 50 mile race. Cause I'd never gone that far before. And then training for a hundred mile race. Cause I'd never done it. And then training, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I've mm-hmm. had, those, I've definitely mm-hmm. had those goals in my life. Um, or goals associated with going faster, qualifying for Boston, trying to go, you know, trying to qualify for the New York city marathon, which is harder than qualifying for Boston, believe it or not. Um, you know, those types of goals are, are super, super, um, important and they are different from just trying to take that next step. It's that leap of faith, trying to put it all into training. There's got to be that possibility of failure or else it's not really inspiring and it's not going to keep you st- scared straight in terms of doing the training you know you're supposed to do. So it's a stretch goal. It's definitely a stretch goal. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah. Have you ever had a, a customized client where you've had to talk out of a BHAG? Yeah, I mean, I mean, not necessarily for good, mm-hmm. but um, we need to put realistic time frames on some of these. And what customized is the reason customized is so important is because life happens to us. And uh, you know, it's one thing to set a goal, but life is going to continue to happen. And when something gets in the way of the perfect training schedule, you need to be able to shift and adjust. And um, and and that's good. I'm here to help shift and adjust. But at some point, there there have been times when the shifting and adjusting has happened to the extent that it can. Mm-hmm. You have to be realistic that yeah, you're just you know, right now you're not going to be able, because you've lost the training or you're not, your fitness isn't where it needs to be. And you're just not going to be able to do that right now. Um, you, if it's a race that you signed up for, if you're okay 
knowing that there's a very good chance you're not going to be able to hit that goal, but you want to go for it anyway. Okay. Um, but I try to, I try to be the voice of reason sometimes, um, with people. I'm a big cheerleader. It's hard for me to tell somebody no, that they can't do a thing. And I never say that you can never, that you're not, that you can't do this thing, but I will, I will tell people sometimes that, um, we need more time. We, you know, this is, we maybe need to do this next year. We maybe need to do this, um, next season or whatever it is. We need more time to build up to this one. I love BHAGs because they're so individual. You know, I can have a BHAG that wouldn't would not be a BHAG for you and, and vice versa. And that's okay. It's my BHAG. It's my own BHAG. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And um, and this is why it's really important to I, I feel like it's really important for us to tell each other when we have a, a BHAG. I think it's important. You don't need to tell everybody, but you need to tell some people mm-hmm. because. I might not, you, you may come across the finish line of a race in a time that I wouldn't have thought twice about, or likewise, I might come across at a time that a friend of mine wouldn't think twice about, but if that was a big, hairy, audacious deal for me, if that was, that was a serious goal that, that I had. I want you to sell, I want you to appreciate what that meant for me to do this. And if this was your BHAG, I want to be able to celebrate that with you. And I want to know, awesome. And, and the exact same time, you might come across the finish line side by side with somebody. And one person is really, really disappointed in what a pathetic performance that was for him or for her. And the next person is overjoyed because it is it far exceeded their expectations and is a massive accomplishment for them and sometimes that's just finishing a race not even sure. having time sometimes it's just finishing a race or not even a race sometimes it's just about a distance i've had um i've had friends who uh wanted to run their age and, um, and so one of, uh, one of my friends decided that she was going to run 50 miles on her 50th birthday. And she was not an ultra runner. This was a, this is a big deal for her. I mean, mm-hmm. she had to train to, to make it happen. And, uh, but she did, you know, she did. And that uh-huh. was fantastic. And I don't remember how long it took. It doesn't matter how long it took, you know, she managed, you know, wasn't a race, wasn't an organized race, but she managed to do that. And that's fantastic. So um, I, I love those. I think it's important we share them with somebody um, who will know and celebrate our accomplishment and can also understand if we don't achieve it. Because, um, you know, if we don't reach our goal, there's a little, there's a mourning period that we go sure. through. And, um, and if you haven't told anybody that you had this goal and you don't achieve it and you're a little bit depressed, you're a little bit down because of it, people won't know why you're down and and they won't understand. And so it's good to, it's good to have some people that you can cry on their shoulder a little bit. Um, and they can help and they, and then they can help put it into perspective, which is, well, for crying out loud, that was a big deal. That mm-hmm. was, yeah. So you didn't get it this time. That was a big deal. Let's, you know. Let's learn from this and see what we can do to make, you know, take off a bigger chunk next time. There's something to be said for account, adding some accountability to yes. your training too. Exactly. Well. Exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, seriously, these are, I, you know, these really need to be like scared straight type of goals. They need to be the type of goal that you know 
I have to, I have to be daily working toward this thing. And so, you know, your friends should be able to check in on you and see, you know, how's, Hey, how's that thing going? Right. Right. So I had my own little mini VHAG recently Mm -hmm. and it involved, I won't get into the exact excruciating details, but it involved me suddenly having to run a half marathon in sub three to me. And to me that that was a a BHAG. And so the reason I know it was a BHAG is because you mentioned that it's got to kind of scare you. And I was scared. And so I picked up the phone and I called Chris (laughs) Twiggs one morning. (laughs) I assume you remember that conversation. I remember it. And I was thrilled. I I was excited (laughs) because you, um, you know, you, you'd been milking this, this hip thing for way too long. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and so, uh, no, I, I, I was, I'm always thrilled when somebody has a goal. I mean, I, I love running for running sake. And when people come to customized and they say, I don't really have a goal. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. I have no problem with that. But at the same time, it's neat when, when somebody gets inspired by something or just decides I want to go for it in this particular race or for this particular reason, um, I get excited by that. And, and, um, yeah, that was a cool thing. And it meant that you had to shake up your training a little bit. Sure. I did. Absolutely. And one of the things that I learned when I did that is it had been so long since I did, um, any of the the big three elements of a training program. And we're going to get into that. I had not done any sort of real training for so long that I came up with so many questions. And I figure if I have the questions, then, then a lot of people have the questions. So what I'd like to do here today is based on some of the things you told me to add to a training program to run a sub, um, sub three hour half marathon. I'd like to step through what I consider the top three, and you can disagree or agree with me as we go through them, and then delve into each one. Because I know we have spoken about customize in general for, for quite a while since, since you came up with the brilliant idea, but I don't remember actually taking a deep dive into each one of those different parts. So the, the first thing I'd like to do is, is make a, a just an assumption so we're all on the same page. And let's all assume that because we don't have all the details of, of that you would get for a customized person when you go into a, to a training program. Uh, let's assume that we're all training for say a half marathon. We've got say six months to do that. I think yeah. that's reasonable. Sure. Uh, we currently run say three or four days a week, maybe three to four days each time we go out the door and our long run is say five miles. And we want to run a half marathon in six months as fast as we can and not die. Yes. Right? Okay. <laughs> I like that. that. Okay. So would you agree with me to begin with that at a very high level, uh, uh, your training program for somebody like that can include or might include what I would call like slow, medium, and fast. When I say slow, uh, to me, that means a long run. Yes. Yeah. Um, Medium, I would call maybe a race rehearsal or a tempo run. Good. Yes. And then um, fast would be speed work or Jeff likes to call it speed play. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure I agree with the whole play stuff. I've not done speed work where I actually thought was play, but I understand. You know, I'll tell you, let me give you a hint. And I know you've got more stuff to say here, but but, um, one of the ways that I make speed play play, Mm -hmm. I get a friend who's faster than I am to Mm -hmm. run it with me. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that person then isn't gassed by the workout. Right. And and he can encourage me and, and, um, 
and chat with me and I may not be talking back much, but that helps distract me a little bit from the pace that I'm going and makes it way more fun. I am, I am probably five times more likely to make it through a, a good speed workout with a faster friend who's there with me for the ride right. than if I'm running it on my own. Yeah. I could see where that would be a real, a real luxury to have somebody. Yeah, it really like that. helps. Yeah. It helps. And the, the, you know, I've got, I got a guy and, uh, he, um, you know, he is fantastic and he loves to do those workouts with me. I can't, I can't run at his pace. I can't reciprocate. So mm -hmm. I just, when he's got to do those workouts, I kind of stand there with a, with a stopwatch and cheer him on. But, um, but yeah, it's yeah, a good feel like that. Very good. So, um, so with that in mind, let's take each one of these one at a time, but before we start, correct me if I'm wrong. I think what you would tell somebody, first of all, is we need a reference point. And to me, the reference point is always a magic mile. Agree? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, it, if yes, it, it is, it definitely is. Um, you can use, if you've had a recent 5k, for example, mm -hmm. um, that where you really pushed yourself, uh, you can use that as a reference point as well. Um, but what, what frustrates people sometimes when I'm working with them is when I give them their paces and they say, well, that's just so slow. I'm like, well, I, I'm not, I'm never going to recommend paces that are faster than I, than I have data to support you being able sure, to, right. I don't want to get you injured. So, um, so usually, yeah, I'll almost every time I have a, a new person at customized, they're running a magic mile within the first two weeks. Okay. So then let's talk for a second about the magic mile. And, and this hit me when you told me to go run a magic mile in the first. So I went out and I, and I went to a track and the first thing I'm thinking, even before I started my watch was, do I run this thing all out? Do I, do I add walk breaks? How fast do I go? So if you've got a brand new client who knows yeah. very little about, you know, what they, what they can do, how do I run a magic mile? So, I mean, it helps if I know a little bit about the person's like if, if they're already running two or three times a week, you know, about what their average pace is, that kind of helps get me an idea. Cause if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody who's probably going to run this magic mile in 13 minutes, that's different from talking to somebody that's going to run the magic mile in five minutes. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but in general, walk breaks are good. Walk breaks will make you faster, even in the mile. And so I'll tell people if they're used to running without walk breaks, they're probably going to run the magic mile faster if they at least put in a 15 to 20 second walk break every quarter mile. So at the quarter half and three quarter. Um, and I've really, until you get down to about five minutes, that's true. Um, I think five thirty is, is about the fastest uh, magic mile that I've, that I've had people in customized do with walk breaks. And, um, and that was, couldn't, you know, couldn't get below about six minutes. And then with the walk breaks, they were able to bring it down to so believe it or not. Sure. Um, and then the slower runners, you know, if you're going to be taking 12, 13 minutes to do the magic mile, obviously taking them more frequently than that is going to be better for them as well. But if you're already doing run walk, you don't need to take walk breaks as frequently as you do on a regular run. You don't, if you're doing 30, 30, for example, you don't need to do 30, 30 during a magic mile. You might do 60, 15 during mm -hmm. a magic mile. You might do 60, 20 during a magic mile. Cause you're only going a mile. And when you get into that last 400 meters, that last quarter mile, you might 
skip one or two walk breaks or, or cut them out entirely. Um, if you're used to running without walk breaks and you want to run the magic mile without walk breaks, fine. No worries. You know, it's, it's valid no matter what, just don't hop on a scooter and, um, you know, and don't, uh, uh, don't hitch a ride from, from somebody on a moped, none of those sorts of things. But as long as you're using your own two feet and, uh, and covering the mile, and if a mile is intimidating, if you're afraid to go a full mile, you're, you're worried that pushing yourself for a mile, you know, you're not gonna be able to hold your pace or whatever, uh, you can do a half mile. And, um, Jeff Galloway has a conversion that we can use for a half mile. Uh, you, you push hard for the half mile, you double the time that it takes you to run the half mile and you add 18 seconds. And that gives you a pretty reasonable approximation of what the magic mile time would be. Perfect. So we've got the magic mile, um, that allows us to, that allows you to determine for the long run. Let's talk about the long run first, how far that should be and and what pace and and what um, ratios, correct? Yeah. So all paces and ratios follow from the magic mile. Um, So you're training, you know, in our, in our uh, example here, we're training for a half marathon. And so the magic mile, what we would do is we take that time, multiply it times 1.2, and that gives us our predicted pace for the half marathon. So if you, to make the math easy, if you ran a 10 minute magic mile, multiply it times 1.2, 10 times 1.2 is 12. And so it would be a 12 minute predicted pace for the half marathon add two minutes to that for the long runs because the long run should always be uh, at least two minutes per mile slower than predicted race pace so you'd have a 14 minute mile for race pace anybody that's listening to this you don't have to worry about the math you can go to jeffgalloway.com there's a magic mile calculator you can plug your times into that and and just plug your magic mile time in and it gives you all that information for for not just the half marathon but for 5k 10k 10 mile marathon as well Perfect. I will, um, I'll add that to the show notes too. So I have a couple of questions about the long run. First of all, yeah. why, why do we need long runs? Cause I get this impression that the long runs are really, really important. Maybe the most important for someone who wants to finish a half marathon. Yeah. Cause long runs give you endurance. Um, and so if you were to go out right now and run a half marathon, if you've not trained at all if you're if your long run you know the example you gave is a person that whose long run is five miles um they could probably finish a half marathon but they'd probably have to walk it Mm -hmm. uh or drastically reduce the speed at which they're used to running if they tried to go their normal pace that they would do for a five mile run uh, and tried to hold that for a half marathon they could probably hold it for seven or eight miles maybe but that's, that's it. Right. So, um, the long run builds endurance and that's all it does. It doesn't work on speed. It doesn't work on anything else. Um, but we need that endurance it's, and it's, it's, it's time on feet, but we do it by distance, not by time, because you've also got to cover the ground. Um, and I had somebody, I get this often. And I had somebody just today ask me about, you know, so what remind me again, why don't we do race pace when we're going those for those long runs? Well, because when you do race pace and race distance, it's called racing. And <laughs> we don't do that except on race day. Um, so we build up that long run nice and slow, at least two minutes per mile slower than race pace, but you can go even slower than that if you want. 
It builds the endurance. We usually build that up to about nine or 10 miles uh, for a long run. And then we start going to every other week for the long run. When you're getting up to around nine or 10, you can skip a week uh, in terms of the long run stuff and you're still holding on to that endurance. And we tend to build that up to 14 miles for the long run for a half marathon. But in the example you gave, this is somebody with a BHAG of running a three-hour half. And so 14 is the minimum you would do for a long run uh, right before that. Even better if you can build that long run up to, say, 16, 17 miles. Interesting. So would you, if you had a, a customized client in your example, and and they they were supposed to run their long run, let's say in a 12-minute pace, right? And suddenly you saw they did a long run and they did it, they did it in 11 minutes or whatever, faster than that. Would you fuss yeah. at them for that? I would, I would, because the recovery time is they're compromising the recovery time. They're getting, they're not racing. Uh-huh. They're not quite running at a race pace, but they're running it faster than, um, they're, 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 they're increasing the recovery time from that long run by pushing it closer to race pace. And, they're increasing the risk of injury because of that. Um, it's not that I worry they're going to get injured during that run, but I worry that because they're, it's going to take longer to recover and we haven't built in extra recovery after long run, we build in extra recovery after a race, but we don't build in extra recovery into the schedule after a long run. And so if you've pushed it closer to race pace during a long run and you don't have that extra recovery afterwards, and that means you're doing some of those subsequent training miles, uh, whether they're, whether they're uh, tempo runs or speed work, whatever they are, you're doing those on legs that aren't fully recovered from the long run, which means they're going to be tired legs. And anytime you're doing something that is speed work or even race pace on tired legs, you're risking injury. You know, I, I, I gotta tell you and all that when I was training for this, um, half, that's probably the biggest um, stumbling block I hit because, it, and I think it's human nature to think, okay, go out and do your long run or, or even your speed play or, or your race rehearsal, whatever you have a time goal. Um, if, if your time goal is 10 minutes and I can do it and I run, uh, you know, I, I ran a 10 miler and I did it in 1330s, that's better. You know, that you, you know, it, if you got a goal of four to, uh, of ten, and I did in sub ten, that's better, and that's improvement. But I, I keep reminding myself that the the um, the magic mile tells us our paces, and there's improvement built into the pace I've got already, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there is, and there, and you run more magic miles as the as the training goes on. So what I would probably tell that person who ran too fast for the long run is okay. Um, Let's let's get another magic mile on the schedule to see if we see maybe you've gotten faster. Hopefully you've gotten faster. Right. If you've gotten faster and you know, I had told you that your long run needed to be at 12, but maybe now your magic mile is closer to nine or well, yeah, magic mile is closer to for a 12 minute long run, your magic mile would actually have to be a lot faster, would be more like seven or eight minutes. But but let's say your magic, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you're actually capable of running a magic mile much faster, which means your predicted race pace would be faster, which means your long run can be faster. Doesn't have to be, but right. can be faster. So I would I would say let's um let's get you in for a 
for another magic mile and use that. And if you're, if that shows that you are actually have gotten faster, then we'll adjust all of those things. The other thing that I would look at would be this, if they're doing speed work is how is that going? Are they Mm -hmm. able to hit their, uh, their times? If they're doing faster than they should be, or than they're assigned to on the speed work, I don't get as upset um, because sometimes that's a sign that, yeah, they really are ready for a new magic mile. They're ready for a new goal. Perfect. Okay. So let's move on from, from the um, slow long run. And um, let's talk a little bit about the race rehearsal, or I, I always call them tempo runs, but I see you, you use the term race rehearsal, I think, because I see people on the Facebook page all the time saying went out for a race rehearsal. So what is that and why? Do yeah, we it's it? a tempo run, but the problem with tempo is there's no strict definition of a tempo run. Mm-hmm. So different people, um, you know, I hear, I hear people all the time that are not necessarily Galloway folks that they talk about doing a, a run at tempo pace. What is what does tempo pace mean to you? Sure. And I think some people tempo pace tempo pace means it's my 10k pace. Okay, great. That's fine. Are you racing a 10k? No, I'm racing a half marathon. Okay, then why are you doing? <laughs> um so so I think uh, so calling it a ra- calling it race rehearsal pace that makes more sense because it actually means you're rehearsing the pace that you're going to go in that race and it's different, right? So I might have, when I'm assigning people their paces and their ratios, I may give, give people, here is your marathon pace for race rehearsals. Here's your half marathon pace for race rehearsals. Here's your 10K. Here's your 5K. And depending on what you're training for, it's, it's, usually, it's usually what you're going to run next is what the pace you're going to run for those race rehearsal runs. Sometimes it's not what you're going to run next. Sometimes it's what is most important to you. Maybe you have a half marathon on the way to a marathon mm-hmm. and you're doing that half marathon for fun. You're running it with friends or you're running it as a catered, a catered long run. And so if that's the case, no, no sense in practicing that tempo pace for that, because you're not really training for that race. You're just using it. It's fine that you're doing it. But but let's fo- focus on the marathon in that case, for example. So um, tell me how, um, in our example, somebody just wants to say a three-hour whatever, based on the magic mile that we've done, how do you determine what race rehearsal pace is from a magic mile? Uh, well, I mean, that's predicted race pace. Oh, okay. So that's exact based on the magic mile, I should be able to finish a, a half marathon in two fifty. Right. That's that's my race rehearsal pace. Yep. Yep. What, yep. what what about what about distance for a race rehearsal? Um, distance is going to be something that is short enough that you're going to be able to recover from it in, you know, by your next run, which would be probably two days later. So uh we typically keep those race rehearsals to the five mile range. Um, maybe, you know, maybe during the week, a lot of times I'll I'll have on people's schedules, a 30 to 45 minute run. And, um, and so I'll have them do maybe the first 10 minutes and last 10 minutes is a warm up, And then the middle part of that is rehearsing race pace. So if if they keep it as a 30 minute run, then they're doing a 10 minute warm up, 10 minutes at race pace and 10 minute cool down. If they're going to 45 minutes, 
then they get an extra 15 minutes. So 25 minutes of race rehearsal. That's kind of the minimum. And that's sort of standard Jeff Galloway plan is two 30 to 45 minute runs during the week and then a long run on the weekend or, or some other run on the weekend. If you're doing a long run every other week, if you wanted to go longer than that, though, that's fine. Again, as long as you're recovered by your next run two days later. So I've, I've some folks that are doing race rehearsals during the week that might be five to eight miles. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, and that, and for somebody who's got a time goal and a half marathon, that's not unreasonable. Um, if somebody's doing their first half marathon, five to eight miles during a weekday run is probably too much. Um, and I would encourage them to back it off. If somebody's doing it for a time goal, um, would you typically increase the the distance of that race rehearsal throughout no. the the training program? No, you, like like a long run, you do. No, uh, no, the, the race rehearsal pace is probably going to stay in that same, you know, five, five to eight mile range at the most. Gotcha. Because, because, I mean, the purpose of that is not, you're not getting endurance from that run. The endurance comes from the long run. You're not getting speed from that run because there's, there's a separate speed workout. That's sure. where you're getting your speed. All that race rehearsal is meant to do is make you comfortable using the ratio you plan to use and the pace you plan to go in your race. So it's about practicing that ratio and that pace and getting comfortable with that. So um, you might start with, I'll give people a ratio I want them to use at that race rehearsal pace, and they might try that. And it's like, okay, that's okay, but I don't know. So then the next week they try running maybe an extra 20 seconds between their walk breaks keeping the same pace, same overall pace, same mm-hmm, combined right. walk pace. Right. See how that feels. Cause now they're running a little bit slower in between those walk breaks. How did that feel? Okay. Then the following week, try the same thing, only run for 15 fewer seconds in between those walk breaks. Now you're having to run faster between walk breaks, uh, but you're getting the walk break more frequently. How did that feel? So those runs are about trial and error. They're about tweaking the ratio to match the pace and see what feels best. So that when you show up on race day, you know that you've got the endurance because you've been doing the long runs, you know, you've got the speed because you've been doing the speed work and you know, you've got the right plan for the race because you've done those tempo runs, practicing that run walk ratio and that pace. Um, Typically the longest I would have people do for any of those would be an hour run, uh, or, you know, five to eight miles, whichever comes first. Gotcha. It's, it's an hour for me, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, that's good. Uh, lastly, speed work. The, the thing that we, we said, Jeff usually calls speed play. This is the one that usually makes me grimace, to be honest with you, of all the components of the, of, yeah. of running faster. This one hurts the most. Do you agree? And, and, and am I doing it wrong? No, you're doing it right. I mean, it's, it's, this is where, I mean, a lot of people dread the long runs as well. Um, but I see that more for marathon training than for half marathon training. Right. Right. Um, you know, nobody, yeah, yeah. People complain about going up to, to 14 or 15 or 16 or 17 miles, but you know, that's the complaining I get from that is nothing compared to 29 miles. Are you sure? I need to- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, 
uh, yeah, so that's, um, but yeah, it's the, it's the part, it's the run that's most likely to, to end in failure. It's the run that the speed work is the run that's sometimes you can't get. Um, I try to set, I set the paces based on what your current magic mile shows as your predicted race pace. So it should be a doable workout, but you know, there are all sorts of reasons why speed work can't, you know, sometimes doesn't go well. It's too hot. You didn't eat enough. You ate too much. You didn't get enough sleep. Right. Uh, you know, you've got some sort of a nagging injury. So, uh, and, and speed work is the, where there's the biggest risk of injury as well. What's the specific reason for speed work? Well, because you want to get faster, right? Um, and so the the rule in running is to run faster, you have to run faster. So we don't do it Damn at race distance. I know. <laughs> so we don't do it at race distance. We do it at shorter distance. And the distance of the speed work depends on the race that you're training for. So um, people that are training for a marathon uh, with a time goal will typically do mile repeats. People that are training for um, the people with BHAGs for mm-hmm. marathons will often find themselves doing uh, repeats that are two miles long. Um, and those are hard. <laughs> yes, yeah. Those are really hard. Uh, and then half marathons, we tend to do half mile repeats, 800 meter repeats. And then people that are training for a 5K or a 10K, the speed work tends to be um, quarter mile or 400 meters. And, and um, what's the pace? for speed play based on the magic mile. How do you determine that? Yeah. So again, we use the magic mile to, to figure out predicted race pace. Gotcha. And then, and then what we do for speed work is we go 30 seconds per mile faster than predicted race pace. Um, and that's true for quarter miles, half miles and mile repeats. The, the calculation on the two mile repeats is more complicated because you're not running a consistent pace the whole time and you're throwing an extra walk break in. And so it's, um, that's harder to, to, to do, but, um, but for the, for a half marathon, what we would do is we take your, let's say, um, you know, let's say you're predicted to run that, um, run that half marathon at. 13 minute pace, we would say, okay, let's drop that down to 1230 for our, um, uh, you know, 30 seconds off and then split that in half. Cause we're only going half a mile. So that's six minutes, 15 seconds per quarter mile that person would do. And, and how often do you add speed play to a, um, to, as an example, our, our routine is that six month person, right? How often would you add that? And, and, um, how, and how many? Eight, yeah, eight you could you could do it once a week, but most people don't have the time for that. Um, and also, as the as the long run gets longer, I want more time after the long run before the speed work. Uh, where I have seen the most, uh, where, where I think there is the most risk of injury and where I've seen injury most often, I don't see it often in, in customized from the running, I see it from other things. Um, but the, uh, but where I think there's the biggest risk of injury is doing speed work too soon after a long run. And so typically as the long runs get longer, we'll do your speed work maybe on the in-between weekends. Mm-hmm. So you've got a 10 mile run. And then two weeks later is a 12 mile run. 
we'll put your speed work on that in between weekend. And then likewise, you know, 12 to the 14, we'll put the speed work. So typically in a, in a program we're putting together, the last long run for a goal time, you know, for a, a, um, a, a goal time half marathon, the last long run is probably going to be three weeks before that race, two weeks before the race will be, uh, the last bit of speed work, the most repeats that we're doing. And then you've got a shorter kind of, uh, maybe a mind of the marathon or workout, which is another workout that I put on a lot of people's schedules, which is a fun type of race rehearsal. Um, that would, but a short run, maybe a five mile run the week before the race. And then you've got your race. Very good. So there you have it. The, the three main components to a customized training program that you might add to a client. Um, last question on all that is, is, um, do you add all three of these to everybody or how do you determine when you get a client, you know, I, am I, some clients only do long runs, do some do all three What's the deal? Well, race rehearsals and long runs. I tend to put, well, it depends. It depends on what their, what their plan is. Right. I do have some people that do not have a race goal. They're right. not a race on the schedule. And if they don't have a race on the schedule, then there's no such thing as race rehearsal. Right. So I'll still give them a long run and I'll still give them, um, some sort of faster run during, you know, faster pace to go during the week so that they're not, they don't have to do it at that long run at that long run pace. Probably. Um, I do have a couple of people right now that are stretching to get their long run pace or they're stretching to get their race pace down to a, um, to a certain spot so that they can hit a hard cutoff at some races that are coming up. And so I'm having them do all of their runs at that pace, uh, so that they can try as hard as they can to get all of their, you know, try to get under that hard cutoff pace that they have to hit. Um, if somebody's doing a race, whether it's a half marathon or whatever it is, but it's the first time they're doing that distance, then I'm not going to put speed work on their schedule unless there's a time cutoff issue. Um, you know, one of the things right now, we've got a ton of people that are really focused on the Disney races coming up. Right. And those Disney races have a sort of a rolling 16 minute per mile cutoff um, that's represented by the famous balloon ladies. Yeah. And so, um, if I've got someone whose goal is just to finish the race and maybe it's their first half marathon, but currently their predicted pace is slower than 16 minutes per mile, then I need to give them some speed work so that we can try to get that predictor down so that they could safely stay ahead of the balloon ladies. Um, so, so, but typically if their goal is just to finish the race, typically I won't put speed work on unless they ask for it, unless they really like speed work. Um, but if you've got it and, and honestly, for some people that have a time goal, if their predicted pace based on the magic mile is well within that time goal, I might not give those people speed work either, because again, there is an added risk of injury with that. Mm -hmm. And so if I feel like you're, you know, if you had said, you know, Hey, Chris, I really want to be able to finish this half marathon in four hours for you. I wouldn't have given you speed work because four hours is something that we know you can do without, without having to do that. 
there might be other people that I would say, all right, well, I think you can do it, but we need to give you some speed work to get to that. Um, frankly, the same thing with a three-hour goal. There's some people that, you know, if they've already run a five-hour marathon, I'm not going to worry about them running a three-hour half marathon. But, you know, if they did a seven-hour marathon, I might say, okay, let's, we might need to give you a little bit more of that. So, um, so the speed work is the wild card. It doesn't go on everybody's schedule. Um, and if it's not there, it's, it's either because you don't need it or don't want it. So whoever named this thing customized was brilliant. That's what you're saying. It just depends on the individual period. It's, it's so, yeah. I mean, it cannot be, it cannot be overstated how customized it is. And it's funny because once in a while, like I, it's been a while since it happened, but in the past, I have gotten a couple of people that complained that they felt like I was giving them a cookie cutter program. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not going to deny it. I've got a template that I use. Of yeah, course, of course. But um, but it's really, I can't remember the last time I didn't change anything. The only, the only time that I could imagine not changing a thing on somebody's schedule is if they said, I've got a half marathon, it's six months away, I have no time goal, and my magic mile is so fast that I don't have to worry about finishing under the cutoff. And I have, and I have no life commitments outside of this training. So I'm, I mean, if, and if that's the case, great, cool. You didn't need customize, but here you go. You've got the schedule. And honestly, and, and, and even for those people, you know, there are a lot of reasons why customize is worth doing. Uh, they've got the insurance policy of knowing that I'm there for them if they do need changes, if life does happen to them and they need it, need an adjustment. And then they've got the community. And oh my gosh, the customized community is so wonderful. Um, this morning, as we're recording this, there's a there's a hurricane threatening Florida, and one of our regular guys, um, Bob, who is one of the hosts of the Rise and Run podcast. Um, Bob lives right smack dab. There's a bullseye over Bob's house right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was not on the zoom when we started our customized zoom this morning and people were asking about him. People were asking is Bob, did Bob get out? Is he okay? What's his plan? And then a little bit later, um, he showed up in the zoom from his car uh -huh. on their way out of the state. And, um, you know, the community and customized is wonderful that people would show up and ask about that stuff. Um, and, uh, that, you know, that they, that they care about that and then right. we've got a fun Facebook group and, and all that. So, um, one of the things that I learned, I learned a lot by just this little mini customized thing and in full disclosure, I did not sign up for customized. All I did was I called you and I cried on the phone. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a that works. That works. If, if if you're really looking for a plan, you can also track Chris down and cry on the phone. But but basically, you just told me a few things to do, and then I went out and did it. But one of the things that I really missed, and I don't think I'll ever do again, is the fact that just the stuff we were talking about today. Um, well, what do I do with this pace? And then how do I come up with the speed work? And how do I, it? It was it was a pain in the rear end for me to keep track of everything I needed to do. Well, today's Tuesday. So last week I did a, a magic mile today. I have to do a, you know what? And, and I think, well, the next time I'm just going to let Chris put it on a freaking calendar for me. And all I have to do is get up and look at a calendar. That's it. So to be specific, 
tell us a little bit about the, the program you use and how dummy proof you make this stuff for your clients. Well, I'll tell you, it's not as dummy proof. I can, I can make it really dummy proof, but mm-hmm. I've had a few people that have pushed me on it. Um, <laughs> So I use a I use a platform called Final Surge, which is just a fantastic online training log. It's absolutely free to use. If anybody wants to try it out, that's even if they're not in customized, you can go to go to finalsurge.com and open up a free account. And you can link it to your to your Garmin, you can link it to Strava, you can link it to a, a Coros watch, whatever, uh, whatever you've got, you can link it um, so that your workouts automatically show up there. There we have. Jeff Galloway uh, schedules available through them. So if somebody doesn't want customized, but they want a Galloway schedule put on their uh, on their calendar on Final Surge, you can buy one of those. They're pretty cheap and they can go on there. They're good. I know I wrote them. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so what I do is when people sign up for customized, uh, I get their questionnaire. I send them a link to sign up for Final Surge. And when they when they use my link to f- sign up for Final Surge. Um, they're accepting me as their coach on there. And that gives me access to their training calendar and I load their schedule. And I put something on there every single day, whether it's a cross training day, a rest day, a long run speed, whatever, there's something on there every day for six months. And if your goal race is only three months from now, okay, that's fine. You got, I'm going to put three more months on there after the race. Uh, that will be recovering from that race and getting you ready for whatever else you might want to do. And if you get to that race and you decide, Hey, I want to do another race. And it's four months after that, but you've got three months of customized. You can still tell me and I'll build out the last three months of your schedule so that it has you aiming toward that next race, whether you renew your training or not. Um, so it's really fantastic for that. And then once it's set up, People can use, there's a final surge app that they can use to look at their schedule. They can use to look at their individual runs. There's an email uh, system within final surge. So they can send me messages through there, which is way easier for me to keep track of than if they send them to my regular email address. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can put comments on their runs. And I see those comments. They can put notes on their runs, which I don't, I can see, but I don't look, they don't, those don't get delivered to me automatically. So the notes are typically things they put for themselves. So they can go back and look at their history on Final Surge and see uh, what did I wear for a particular run or how did I feel after that particular run or whatever. Um, So it's really awesome. And then the great thing is Final Surge, once it's all set up, it generates those messages daily for individuals. So every day you get an email that tells you what you're supposed to do for your workouts for the next 48 hours. And you can go in their settings. You can change that if you'd rather get that as a text message than as an email. You can. Um, so that's fantastic. And then if you need things changed or adjusted, I can go in and change and adjust them for you. You also, this is where the idiot proof thing comes in. Um, it's your. No, I, I said dummy proof, by the way. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's dummy proof. So you are also, it's your final surge account. So yeah. I'm just adding things to the calendar. So if you want to go on there and move a workout, you have that ability. It's yours. You can go on and move it. Um, and so some people have gotten really good at it and they'll go on and they'll move things around. Eventually, sometimes though, people will contact me and they'll say, um, I think I messed something up. And I go <laughs> and I look at their final surge and it is scrambled. Their yeah. schedule is scrambled. And um, so I, I can go in 
And sometimes when that's happened, I've gone in and I can lock the schedule so that you can't move or delete the things that I've put on there. Um, that doesn't mean you have to do the things that I put on there. And ultimately, again, it's your final surge account. If you decide, now I'm sick of this gal, I'm sick of this Chris Twiggs guy, you can take me off. You can, you can change the, the settings so that I'm not your coach on there anymore. And then when that happens, you know, the, the stuff that's on there is yours to do with as you please. So that's what I mean by dummy proof. I didn't want to stop and look, what did I do last week? And what just send me an email, I'll go out and do it. And then there. if I need help adjusting stuff. And if you want to print out the schedule, you can print mm-hmm. out the schedule, put it up on your fridge. Um, you know, that's easy to do as well. So it's, and that is all included in customer. Oh yeah. That's all, not all including customized. It's not okay. an add on. There's no extra charge. That's just, that's the, that's how I deliver the content of customized, which is different. The way Jeff Galloway does his e-coaching is all through email and right. he, he sends a spreadsheet to people for them to follow. Um, and that works, that, that system works well for him. Um, but what, what I have to do, if I tried to do that, I would be in big trouble because I've got the volume in customized. I've way more people in customized than, um, uh, than Jeff does with e-coaching and that's by design, Sure, right? paying a premium to have Jeff Galloway as your coach for e-coaching. And so he keeps his client pool small enough that he can give people that personal attention. Um, I do give customized people personal attention, but it's more of a, um, if it's more of a, a squeaky wheel situation where they've got to show up for the, for the zooms, or they've got to message me when they need something. I'm not reaching out and checking on them every single week. Like Jeff is with his clients. Perfect. So I have, I have one last BHAG question for you. You ready? I'm ready. So let's assume that there's a half marathon. Let's say it's you're six months out. Let's say it's in March and maybe even on March the 19th of next year, right? Where should where should somebody be right now for this to be a reasonable BHAG to to want to finish a marathon on March the 19th of next year? A marathon or a half? A half marathon. I'm sorry. Half marathon. Yes. Let's, Let's say it's in Atlanta, by the way, but go ahead. All right. So let's say it's in Atlanta, in which case I might add hills to the schedule. <laughs> I learned I learned my lesson the first time I ran a half marathon in Atlanta and I had not done any hill training. Good there, point. Good there point. are hills there. Um, so uh so let's let's count the weeks, right? Let's count the weeks. Okay. So uh March 19th is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. You know what? It is exactly 26 weeks away. It's half a year. You're right. It is six months. You could be, you could be at zero. Really? You could be at zero. I could take you from zero to half marathon in 26 weeks. That Uh, is cool. It is cool. It is really cool. Um, you know, so if you, if you were already running a little bit, that helps. Um, but, but somebody that's not running at all, what we would do is we'd start with, um, we wouldn't start with the, the speed work. We wouldn't start with, um, we, we just go by time. I'd have you running, do a, do a 15 minute run, walk 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd start from there and we build on time until I've got you over a few weeks until I've got you up to where you're doing uh, a run walk for about an hour. Um, and then at that point, once you're comfortable doing a run walk up to about an hour, that's when I'd have you do a magic mile. And then we'd build the schedule out from there at that point with, um, with distant building up to that, that race. Gotcha. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So Jeff Galloway, 13.1, March the 19th of next year, you can get anybody listening to this podcast, or probably if you're listening to the podcast, you're a runner already, probably, but probably. you may have a spouse, a significant other, a, a, even a, even a, one of your kids that wants to do this. An older yeah. Child, right. Yeah. Oh man. How cool. I, I mean, how cool to yeah. run a race with your kid. It is, it's oh gosh it's awesome it's a fantastic feeling um and uh yeah i'm you know i think back on 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 doing some of the first you know 5k's and and 15k's and half marathon my kids the best Uh, it really is and all three all three of my kids have done half marathons only one has done a marathon so far but um yeah it's good it's good feeling um so Jeff Galloway's um, race in, in, in March, there's something called a VIP package. So when you sign up for Jeff's race, and if I am pretty sure that I checked this morning and it's running like 80 bucks right now, which is relatively cheap for half that marathon, you know? Oh my gosh. Um, it's going to go up in a, in a month or two, but right now it's, it's sitting at 80 bucks. So, but you can add on the VIP, VIP package and there's a customized component that's thrown in for no extra charge. What, what, yeah. what do you get out of that? It's you get the full customized training plan. I mean, you get everything that people are signing up for customized for you get as part of that VIP package, which means if you are planning to sign up for customized and you're planning to do the race, sign up for the race, do the VIP because you get that customized right away. If you're already in customized and you're planning to do the race, do the VIP because you're going to get six extra months of customized added on to the end of your current customized training. Um, it's, it is a fantastic, fantastic deal. And it's something we're, we're thrilled to do. And um, we've actually gotten some brand new people that, that did this last year and then have renewed and stayed in customized because um, this was an, a, an easy way for them to try it out. Because the truth is, you know this, the VIP package is worth it even without that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's worth doing even without having the customized. So having the customized is like, yeah, give just it a icing. Just icing. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. It just icing on the cake. And I, I know of at least one person in customized who has signed up a significant other for uh, the VIP package because uh, she wants him to do customized and he's resistant to doing it. So <laughs> it's a way of, of getting him to try customized. So just a few of the items you're going to get besides the customized training program, express number pickup at, um, at Jeff's store on, um, for the race, you're going to get the, um, a special area for coffee and light refreshments and VIP potties, mm-hmm. VIP potties. That's a big one. Somebody yeah. mark that down um, potty. Yeah, good. At, the, at the half marathon start. Uh, private gear check-in at the start. And then there's a a VIP post-race finish line party in Piedmont Park. And that one- For me, that's the right there. That's that's the the winner for me. That that 
post-race is why I always make sure my name is on that list because um, it's mean, not, it, it's not, Hey, here, have, have a bagel and a banana. Oh my gosh. No. It's not that it's, Oh my gosh. No, it is. It is a wonderful the spread spread. The spread. It really is. And it's in a beautiful building. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool place in there. It is. It's the best place to be able to go in and, um, and, and wait for your fellow VIPs to come in and, and celebrate. And, uh, no, I, oh my gosh. Yeah. That to me, that's, that's the thing that's, that yeah. on that VIP list for sure. The VIP and with the customizers, just, um, it, it's the way to go. It just is, is the, is the way to go. So, all right, well, listen, before I let you go, is there anything else that you and I need to chat about before we, before we get off the, the little zoom here, there's, um, there's something going on with Jeff, the Jeff Galloway app, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so excited about this. So there, there've been Jeff Galloway apps for a while um, that were done by Lolo fit and they were fantastic apps. When they first came out, they were really groundbreaking with what they did in terms of uh, putting music behind your run, setting your tempo, having Jeff's Galloway, Jeff Galloway's voice come in and, and, give you tips throughout the run, really fantastic apps. And the, and, and the same people that developed those apps, Lolo fit have completely redesigned, rebuilt an app for Jeff Galloway. Uh, it has those same types of things that people loved in the original app and way, way more. Um, so we're really excited about uh, the current version of the app. We're excited about some, uh, some changes, some updates that are going to be coming out not in the not too distant future. Some partnerships with individual races that we're going to have, uh, so that there'll be some races that you'll be able to sign up for and get the app as part of your registration for the race, nice. and um, and then have a training schedule that goes along with that race specifically. Um, it's, it's fun. It's only available for iOS currently, but the Android version is being developed. And so it should be coming out pretty soon. And for those people that had the old app, uh, check your email because you should have the, a, a link to the new app already in your email. And you'll have access to, if you, if you did the, um, let's say you did the half marathon training plan with Lolo fit and Jeff Galloway, uh, you should have access to that same plan in the new app for new people people that did not have the app before, just go to jeffgalloway.com. There's a banner at the top of that page. You can click on to download the app now and try it out. It's it's really, we've been, I've been hearing about this app coming, I feel like for years. It's probably, mm-hmm. been, it's probably been at least a year that I've been hearing about it coming. I had zero to do with developing the app. That's not my, uh, not my area of expertise, but I'm really excited that it's come out. And there are some things that I'm going to be involved with, uh, in the future, uh, with some of the features in the app. And that's pretty exciting. So many exciting things going on at Jeff Galloway these days. A lot of things, so many things going on. It's hard to even know where Jeff is these days. Exactly. (laughs) I know the feeling. So (laughs) I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go, Chris. Thanks very much for joining me today. Um, Lots of exciting stuff. And I hope that between now and um, the next time we meet, you and I can talk about maybe some special extra mile stuff to do for the the JG in in March. Because I'd like to get even a lot more people than we had for Burdenham down to Atlanta. I'd love it. I'd love it. Especially with the date change. I think that's big. 
think that's key. It is I think to me. that's key. I'm if if we don't have a bigger presence of extra milers there this year with the date change, then I don't know what we could possibly do to right. get them to come. Um, because we'll I'm, punish I'm, every one of them. I if we punish them. How about that? <laughs> I, why don't we punish them by giving them an extra long episode? That'll there teach you them. go. That'll teach them. That'll teach them. Appreciate it. I love this whole BHAG thing. And um, we'll hit more on that as we go, go forward. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Take care. So here's a conversation I've been looking forward to having, and it's with my good, good friend, Nate Wagner. Nate, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing better than I deserve, Kevin. Let's let's pull the curtain back and and tell all our listeners that I just had to restart this conversation because you noticed I hadn't started recording. So I, I want to thank you first of all for that. Absolutely, and I stole that better than I deserve from from Coach Chris. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, Coach Chris and I have um, have done the recording before when I've forgotten to press the recording. So that's usually our best stuff. So thanks very much for that. So how have you been doing since? Um, since you you and I last actually saw each other in person and broke some bread together at Bird in Hand. Yeah, things are going great. I I am been continuing to train and uh, it was so great to see everybody at Bird in Hand and, and just really connect with you and the other Extra Mile podcast listeners and customized training people. And it was just a really great time. I've been just really enjoying my training and and just keep keep on plugging along for for this Marine Corps MCM 50K coming up in just over a month. Yeah, so you know we're we're talking about BHAGs, big hairy audacious goals in this episode, and um, the thought struck me that you and I are not only near the end. Oh, I got to start that over. That you are not okay. So we're talking about BHAGs in this episode, and the thought struck me that you are not only near the end of a BHAG with your D-Day quickly approaching, but you and I actually met way back in June of 2013 because of another one of your BHAGs. So I thought, who better to chat with about this topic? And to begin with, I want to take you back over nine years ago and... um, to uh, to June of 2013. I want you to listen to something with me, okay? Okay. Galloway, Olympian and distance running expert. I'm Chris Twiggs, National Program Director of the Galloway Training Program and Endurance Athlete. And I'm Kevin, huge fan of Jeff Galloway and his run, walk, run training method and the host of the Extra Mile Podcast. 
three of us have come together today to tell you about an exciting new sequel to the very popular marathon edition of the Galloway Extra Mile podcast. That's right, Jeff. This time we have our eyes set on the most popular running distance in the world, the half marathon. Besides taking you gently by the hand and run walking you right across the finish line of your half marathon, injury-free and with a smile on your face, this time we add a very special and exciting twist. This time, three lucky listeners will receive individualized e-coaching from Chris. Very cool, Jeff. So if you have ever wanted to finish a half marathon, or if you have finished one but want to see how the Galloway Run-Walk-Run training method can change the way you run forever, or even if you already use the Galloway Run-Walk-Run method but want to see how it can actually make you faster, this podcast is for you. So here's the deal. Beginning in late June, Jeff, Chris, and I will begin producing the Galloway Extra Mile Half Marathon Edition. In this podcast, we take you through the Galloway Run-Walk-Run training method from start to finish, from your first step out the door to the last step across the finish line, injury-free. So make sure you keep your eyes and ears open for the Galloway Extra Mile Half Marathon Edition. Details will be posted at www thegallowayextramile.com very soon, as well as on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash gallowayextramile and in iTunes. So until then, y'all enjoy your extra mile. So um, Jeff, Chris, and I put together a whole series of podcasts way back in 2013 that centered around Jeff's run, walk, run, half marathon training plan. And we decided to pick three guinea pigs that um, Chris Twiggs would e-coach and train. And then the rest of us, like a little fly in the wall, would just follow along. And you were eventually picked as one of those three Galloway guinea pigs. So I'd like you to take us back nine years and tell me if you remember um, going through that process and um, and and um, how how big of a BHAG was that for you back in the day? I think I had so back in in 2014 to 2013, um, I had run a couple half marathons already, and I I remember if I go back, I remember our training plan was on a Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> we called into free conference call. And I remember losing connection at least one time on that coaching call. Um, and now we're just all this time passed and now we're doing zoom and we have final surge. And it's so, so much has happened for, so to, so the goal of finishing a half marathon wasn't a big deal. It was, I was going for the two hour half marathon, which I'm still <laughs> still going for, um, is a kind of a sore subject. I, uh, was going for bird in hand, um, once again for t- under two hours and, and just missed that goal. But, um, back in 2013, it, it was trying to get a two hour goal back then, was was a stretch it was definitely a big hairy and audacious goal um i don't think that getting a two-hour half marathon was a big hairy audacious goal this year even though i did fall short of it uh by four minutes and four seconds 
Um, but back then it was definitely a, a push and, um, I know coaches also probably learned a lot about how to get us to get to that. Uh, but physically it was a big, it was, a. I never got there. I never, I didn't, it it was, it was a big carry audition school back then for sure. Um, what was your time back then? Two fifteen was the best I could get. I got you. Um, And I did that at, at Hershey, which was also, by the way, Hilly, I have this, this bad habit of trying to get these goals at Hilly. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you, you're so close. You are so close. So it's, it's correct me if I'm wrong. It's still a BHAG for you, the two hour. Yeah. And I, I know that I learned a lot. If you want to go into that, I can go into say what I, a couple of things I learned from that. Sure. Please. Um, I learned specifically nutrition that I need to, even though it wasn't hot and it wasn't, um, you know, windy or anything like that. I still need to, to get my nutrition. Um, so I did not have the energy to be able to, uh, push when Chris was, was pushing me. Um, like I probably mentioned in a different mode, um, I, Chris, coach Chris and Dave were not my friends at the <laughs> not particularly pleased with them. Um, not because they were pushing me, but they, you know, I just didn't have it. Um, the second thing, probably more importantly, I learned that the, um, having actually my headphones allowed me to relax, but it didn't let them get in my head and I needed them to be able to, to push me. So those were the two. And, and I, also, I made a mistake on my fueling. Uh, I was taking a gel, but I did it too close to the um, to the water stop, and so I was trying to ch- suck down a, a a goo while I has had the water, and I had coach hold my water. So that was like a, a malfunction. I just made a mistake there. So I learned from it, and I know next time um, that. Again, four minutes is a long time in a half marathon. Um, but I know that again, going through that again, getting better hydration and nutrition, um, which I actually this is an audio podcast, so they can't see, but I actually have my uh ultimate direction that you can see. I just mm-hmm. got it in the mail um while I was on my hill run this this, this afternoon. It's a um, it's a it's a vest, right? A vest, yep. Gotcha. Yeah, um, nice which of course our audience can't see, but I just got that today as a result of uh, finding out that I can use that for MCM 50 K. And then also that if, so the hydration slash nutrition, and then also being able to focus exactly on what coach Chris was and, and uh, just plain Dave were talking about um, those two things would have gotten me my goal this time. Cause I was physically ready and everything. It just, so anyway, those are some of the lessons I learned from that. Yeah. Not getting my my big carry on audacious goal of the two hour half. But I think it's interesting. You you did not get it. You've been working on it for a while, so it's great that it's still out there. And I'm sure you're going to hit that thing one day. But you've also got a um, let's fast forward a little bit to today, and and you've got a new BHAG. You um, maybe even bigger and hairier. Tell us. You mentioned it a second ago. Tell us about yeah, what the current BHAG is. Yeah, the Marine Corps um, MCM 50K, which is October 30th. Um, so about a month from when this podcast is being released. 
And um, it is very big and hairy and audacious because I have not run a marathon since my um, daughter was born in 2015. My last marathon was back in November of 2014. So that's a long time ago that um, I have not even touched the marathon distance. I've been running halves the whole way through mm-hmm. uh, a couple, several halves every, every, uh, every year, at least um, bird in hand and several others. Um, but going to the beyond the marathon distance, which I've never done before. So while I'm listening to this podcast, I will be going on my longest long run I've ever been on in my life, which is 29 miles, um, which will be actually the day that this is, um, that you're probably li- maybe listening to this. Um, I'll be, be running 29 miles and a couple of our extra mile friends will be along with me. Um, JD and Anthony are planning on coming up to, to help me out with that run. So I'm excited about that. And it's kind of scary actually, because I've, I've never gone beyond, obviously with a marathon, you do go a little bit further. So beyond 26 and a half miles, I've never done that before. So I'm really excited and scared. And, uh, but coach Chris has really trained me really well. So I'm excited about it. So the bottom line is, although it sounds to all of our listeners, like you're sitting here chatting with me, in fact, you're actually right now, running that 29 miler and listening to yourself on the podcast, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, pick it up a little bit, but yeah. you can do this. Run. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's really exciting. And I'm, I'm just, um, it really is a, it's funny because, you know, the, my first marathon that I ever did was at um, Marine Corps, the MCM 20, 2012. Um, that was when, uh, hurricane Sandy came through and, and, um, I remember, uh, that, that whole experience like it was yesterday, even though it was 10 years ago. So that's really, uh, I'm really excited about going back to, to see that course. And that's actually my PR for the marathon, which was, five and a half hours and 30 some odd minutes. Um, and so I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit with talking about that, but. Um. So um, I think I can tell already, but what I'd like to to ask you is what do you think generically about BHAGs, creating a BHAG and, and, um, and why does it seem that they're so important to you? I think it's really important because it gets you out when, you wouldn't otherwise. I, you know, I looked at the course, the, and I don't really remember the course. Um, cause again, that was 10 years ago. So I looked at the, the course elevation and I saw, well, the first three miles are quite hilly. <laughs> and so these, these last few weeks of hill workout, I've been, you know, I, I mentioned offline how, uh, I, I did it last week and it kind of caused me some problems with my, like there, you know, I had to do it and it, it caused some stress for my family, you know, cause so it, it, um, the B hags generically really help us to get out there when otherwise we'd, um, you know, just skip the workout. It's like, oh, it's right. no big deal. But I know directly doing the hills that I did today is going to impact how I feel 
in just a little bit over a month. Why is it so important to you while you're, um, you're training for these BHAGs um, that you um, follow customized training program? Because the accountability. Um, I So not only do I want to be true to what Coach Chris has said, but also I really have some awesome, amazing, just incredible friends that I've made through it too. So I know that me showing up and me posting my run to Strava is encouraging them to get out when they don't want to get out. Um, and so when I see their run, you know, it encourages me to get out. And so the accountability text messaging, um, you know, I'm not on, on Facebook, but Strava is kind of my Facebook in the sense of like the encouragement, giving kudos. Um, and so it's really important for me to be able to do it and uh, just stay true to what, especially right this last couple of weeks, from well between bird in hand and and MCM 50k because I want to know that I did everything in my power to make that successful. Um, yeah. Fortunately, um, as I've been listening and processing things with what Coach Chris has said and what Jeff Galloway has said, I know I'm not going for a time for this. So uh, I you know, no matter what my time is, I get a PR for 50K. <laughs> 50K yeah. And um, what's really fun is that I'm going to also, unless something terribly wrong happens, I'm also going to get a marathon PR at, at, uh, for the first 26.2 miles. They have a, you can actually qualify. I'm not going to be qualifying for Boston, but you can technically, um, this is something pretty cool that they have. They'll have like a 26.2 mile. We have like a, a out and back that we do that the rest of the Marine Corps marathon people aren't doing, but you actually, there's actually a, an, you'll get a marathon time as well um, with this. So anyway, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get two new PRs almost no matter what I do for the race. And um which is really exciting and, and fun. So I, I'm, I'm really pleased with that. And just the, the customized training just gives me, okay. I mean, I, looking, you know, when I, when I looked at Chris's plan at the beginning, it was like, wow, that's a lot of miles. Like, mm -hmm. you know, but it totally makes sense. I did 26, um, two weeks before bird in hand. And so I'm ready. I mean, it's not a, you have, um, I mean, Coach has, um, as I remember, two, um, actually, I should say four um, video sessions each week, two on Tuesday and two on Thursday. Is that still the case with customers? Uh, it's just two on Tuesdays. Oh, okay. So so he's got the two on Tuesdays. So you've, um, you've also, do you, have you been going to all of those or one of those or what's your plan been? I usually go to the morning and I just kind of listen in on the evening call. Um, sometimes I've gone for a walk during both of them. Um, but my primary time is the morning call. I, I really enjoy that. And the evening call is very different, uh, but I also enjoy just listening in for the first part of that as well. 
So they are beyond beyond being able to get on there and ask any questions you might have about you know what happened since the last meeting or what your training is like. How important is it to you on it's particularly in the video sessions um, for community? Are you getting are you getting pats on the back? Are you you know getting encouragement that way? Absolutely, and it goes beyond that for me because I have uh, a half dozen or so people that I text on a on a least on a weekly basis, just encouraging um, beyond just on Strava. So these are people who I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. And that is by far the, you know, the community that we have on the, the customized training is amazing. And I, I want, I'm going to share, especially since coach Chris and I both are on this particular podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to share widely uh as often as i can for the customized to listen because i just so appreciate them and it has been a game changer for me hey everybody it's katie from houston i'm calling in today to wish nate a very successful marine corps 50k i love the marine corps marathon it is absolutely my favorite race and i've run it five times I wish I was there this year to cheer you on, Nate. Thanks for all you do to encourage me and so many others. I really appreciate you. Have a great run. Hi, this is Caroline Heller from Atlanta. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my buddy, Nate, who is running his 29 miler. You've got this, Nate. I know it's a long run, but you have been training so hard for your Marine Corps 50K You've got this. You've got this. You've got this. You work so hard and never seem to miss any runs and get it all done. I cannot wait to hear all about it. Bye. Well, hello, Nate. So I understand you're doing a 29-mile run today. Ooh, boy. Well, there's only one thing I can say about that. Let's get it started. Ha! Let's get it started. So I just wanted to let you know that I am absolutely proud of you and your training this year. You have done the work and put in the effort, put in the weekends to get where you need to be. I realize that uh, 50K is not a short run, but I have every confidence you're going to do it, buddy. So best wishes, best of luck. And you know what you need to do from this point on. Just keep running and running, 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 running and running. I would never even have considered this BHAG without my friend Adam, who he he encouraged me, and and that's kind of how I got to the 50k. Uh, which I never, um, I, I don't know that I'm going to go beyond the 50K at this point. <laughs> um, although I am on a slippery slope, I will acknowledge that uh, uh, on video and on on audio. Um, but I, uh, it's funny, my chiropractor asked me if I was going to do a, a hundred miler. And I said, uh, at this point, the boss uh, it does not approve. So, um, <laughs> it is time consuming, isn't it? Yeah. So, but I, I love just the community and the accountability 
Um, oftentimes I will, if I, if I'm struggling to get up in the morning, I'll send a text to a couple of the guys and say, Hey, I need you to keep me accountable. Um, and they don't even, I mean, they, they may or may not text, but it's, it's just me putting myself out there to say, Hey, I need you to help me with this. And they're more than happy to, to give the kick in the pants if I need it. So um, very good. I Um, think that is the key part to this is the, um, accountability that I have with Chris. And then also if something comes up in life, he can make some adjustments and then also having accountability of, of, you know, the fact is there was a lot of new people that came in to the customized. And so that changed things and that's not a bad thing. It, it's, it's great. And I'm really happy about that, but by creating this smaller community via text, um, has been tremendous for me and helps has helped me so much in my mental health and just my physical well-being. And um, I really, really value that Tuesday morning call. Um, not that I don't value the evening. I just haven't got to know the people in the evening quite as much, um, but I have some connection with them as well. So I'm just so grateful for Jeff and Chris and that community and well, hello there, Nate. This is Roxanne. And Carl. And we are just thinking about you. You're somewhere out on your long training run. And we were just thinking about what a wonderful time we had having breakfast with you and all three of your girls. And the best time that we had having your two little ones up in the room and getting to watch TV with us. Can't wait to see you again. Knock out that long run, my friend. Talk to you soon. You got this. Well, hello, Nate, you ultramarathon machine. This is Just Plain Dave from Southeastern Massachusetts, and you've got this, my friend. You are in great shape. Your training is strong. You have been putting in the time and the miles. Your body is a fine-tuned machine. You've got it strong. Keep it hydrated. Keep it fueled. Have I mentioned keeping it fueled? What you need right now is a few more calories and a couple more miles. You got it, my friend. Go, Nate, go. Nate, this is Steve Hailstone wishing you all the success as you prepare for your next big run. I just want to say thank you for coordinating all that you did for Bird in Hand this year. It was a blast getting to see everybody again. I just want to say you're always an encouragement to others, and so I hope even these little messages are an encouragement to you as you prepare. So thanks again. Thanks for being a friend, and uh, carry on. I think it's just been really neat. Good for you. Good for you. So it sounds like you are generically a big fan of BHAGs. So so before I let you go, tell us a little, let's be a little bit more specific about your plans for the 50K. What what sort of pace you're going out at? What's your ratio? And what are you looking to do? Keeping in mind, really, I'm sure all you really care about is finishing alive, right? Yeah. So the key point is smile at the, my face, on my face, upright. Yeah. Yeah, And key point is also looking around and seeing all the amazing monuments, the Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument, um, and just soaking all that in. The, the crowds are amazing at Marine Corps, and I'm just really looking forward to that. Uh, we did the, the pace that I'm going to be going at is uh, – 
is 1030. And, um, so my speed limit for this 29 miler that I'm doing right now, um, is, uh, 1110. And, um, but we decided that whereas I could go faster than the 1030 for the, the, the 50 K I would be suffering and would not be able to be looking around. Right. Um, and so the, the key thing, at least for the first, basically to the marathon will be to keep that, um, 10 30 pace. And then of course, if I feel great, uh, then go for it. But, um, but yeah, just enjoying everything, enjoying the sights, taking in, um, all the, the, uh, the crowds making, heard, making memories, right? Making memories. Um, maybe, uh, depending on how I, I figure out my vest, maybe even being able to take some pictures and, and selfies and stuff, just having a good time. Um, I think that having a time goal for a, for something like this would steal every like the joy from it you yeah, know right um and that's why kevin and why kevin you're kevin um why chris and jeff are a big fan of not making that the time be the the focus for that first one and i fully embrace that and so the goal is to have a finish upright with a smile on my face and just take it all in. Good for you. Good for you. Congratulations. Um, yeah. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate our conversation today. I appreciate your friendship and um, promise me that you'll give us all an update over at the extra mile after uh, the race. Absolutely. You got it, Kevin. We are all with you. We will all be with you, especially during this long 29 mile you're doing right now. Come on, pick it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Kevin. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one, Nate. Hey, Nate, this is Joe from Somerset, Mass. I know right now you're in the middle of a big long run before your 50K. Just want to let you know that trust the process, trust your coach, trust the plan. We're behind you. We know you got this. And just remember, when it gets hard, and it will get hard, that your body's going to do whatever your brain tells it to do. And your brain's telling it that you're going to crush a 50K. So enjoy, Nate. Enjoy your run and enjoy the 50K. Take care, my friend. Nate, Nate the Great. This is Sherry Wade out here in Ventura, California. I heard through the grapevine that you were running 29 miles, probably right now as you're listening to this. So I just wanted to give you a, a big cheer and tell you you've got it. I know you're doing this for uh, probably the Marine Corps 50K, which I'm super bummed I will not get to run with you, even if uh, you might have been faster than me. It would have been fun to do some of those miles with you. So um, hopefully next year we'll get to run together. Um, if you need to talk during the 29 miles, you've got my number. Just give me a call. I'll be more than happy to shoot the breeze with you because I know how it feels to do 29 miles solo. Hopefully you get some people to, to run a couple of the legs with you or even if you have uh, family or friends who can ride a bike or like over here we do, we have electric scooters. So <laughs> they get on the electric scooters and they scoot along with me while I run. You know, just the trick though on that is, is make sure that they're talking to you 
while they're scooting along next to you. Otherwise, there's no reason for them to be there, right? Because, I mean, the point is to keep you company. So, hope you have some good music. You've got this. Um, 29 miles is just three more than 26. And we know you got 26, so you go. And I'll be thinking about you while you're running. Take care. Bye. Hey Nate, this is Kristen from Customized. Thank you for all of the support and encouragement you do for me and our community. I love your positivity and your connections that you make. So good luck on your 29 miles today. Keep it up. You're awesome. You've got this. Hey Nate, it's Alan from Boston. I hope you're having a great run. I'll be watching and cheering you on on Garmin. If you need any distraction, feel free to give me a call. Don't worry, you got this. Well, there you go. Episode 9.4 of the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition. So what do you think? This whole BHAG thing, good or bad? Here's my take after um, a short BHAG of, of my own. Mine was only a couple of months long, but, but here's my take. Number one, I think BHAGs are great if they are reasonable and if you plan accordingly. If your BHAG is important to you, like say running a half marathon or a marathon or for sure a 50K, then seek professional help. Get a coach. Make your plan foolproof and let someone else put together your, your plan and to keep you honest. And by the way, before I go on from that, all of this planning stuff is very, very important, but it's probably the easiest part. You still have to trust the plan, and it's you that has to work the plan. It's still on you to get to the track for your speed play, right? Or to get out of bed on a crisp fall morning when you'd like to stay in bed and get out there for your long runs, say like your 29 miles. By the way, you got this, Nate. Keep it up, buddy. Almost done. So now what? Well, don't look at me. You should now have enough information to decide for yourself. Is a BHAG worth the effort? You know you have all the support you need right here with customized training program and the extra mile. And if you decide on your own BHAG, then as Coach... Twig said, add some accountability. Tell us about it. Tell us all what your BHAG is and keep us updated so that we can support you in whatever that BHAG is. Send your updates to this, the sister podcast. Might be a brother, I don't know. The Extra Mile Podcast over at theextramilepodcast.com and let us know. And should your BHAG include a uh, half marathon in Atlanta next March, you heard a little bit about the Extra Mile podcast, Jeff Galloway Half Marathon series. So let me give you just a little bit of background. Way back in June of 2013, Jeff, Chris, and I had already put together a long series of podcasts discussing the marathon. So we decided the next obvious step would be to put together a series of episodes that go into very, very much detail on the half marathon. 
So we put together eight episodes starting in June of 2013. And we used Jeff's training programs book to step through each phase of that training program all the way up to and including finishing a half marathon. By the way, the training programs book that that we used is also the same training programs book that you will receive for free in an electronic download format if you sign up for the VIP um, upgrade at your Jeff Galloway 13.1 in Atlanta. Uh, in addition, we also picked three guinea pigs who all had BHAGs of their own. And uh, Coach Chris e-coached them along the way. Um, and they allowed us to be little flies on the wall to figure out what sort of questions they had, what the ups and downs were. It's a lot of fun. So I thought if you were considering a half as your BHAG, you might find some value in these eight episodes that we did way back in 2013. So beginning next week, that is in early October, I will repost these eight episodes, maybe one every few days in, uh, on, on this feed right here. And if you're not interested, no worries. I'm sorry to fill up your podcast feed. Just simply hit the delete button. But if you're interested at all at a half marathon, then I think it's worth I think it's worth the amount of time. That's all I got. Nate is almost done with his 29 mile mini BHAG as he approaches his uh, 50k in late October. So we can all relax and maybe watch some college football for the rest of the weekend. As always, thanks for the download in the last couple hours of of your lives. We don't take that lightly. Thanks for any five-star ratings you can give us. Those really, really help. Thanks for all of you who sent your encouraging words to Nate on his big 29-mile training run today. Thanks to Nate and obviously Coach Twiggs for spending the time with us today. And um, that's all I got. I promise I'll catch up with Jeff on the next episode, and I will not wait to publish that. So until next time, y'all take care, enjoy your running, and enjoy your extra mile. for this edition of the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway Edition. Please visit our website at www.thegallowayextramile.com to see the show notes for this episode of the podcast. You can email us with your feedback about the show or send your audio questions for Jeff or Chris to podcast at jeffgalloway.com. Thanks for listening and until next time, enjoy your extra mile. Oh,